good afternoon and welcome to your DIY health here on the People's Patriot Network. I'm your host, Sergeant Jim Ram, retired. You can call me Sarge. And this program is meant to present nutritional information only and is no way meant to replace the advice of a competent medical professional, assuming you can find one. I'm not a doctor, and that's a good thing. In my opinion, the doctors most people go to see when they have a health issue, MDs, wrapped around the axle of their training. Unfortunately, their training is in drugs and surgery, and it doesn't equip them to treat the over 900 chronic health issues that are proven to be a result of a nutritional deficiency. I'm simply someone who's been studying under the tutelage of one of, if not the top nutritional authorities in the world, Dr. Joel Wallach. Now, I don't treat diseases. I don't even treat people. I simply advise people how to give their bodies the raw materials they need to support and maintain good health. And when the body has what it needs, it'll fix itself. The body wants to fix itself. The body knows how to fix itself. It has a God-given innate ability to do so. The only thing it's missing is the raw materials. And when you put those back into the mix, stand back and wait to be amazed because your body's going to do some really cool stuff. Now, you can visit my website at yourdiyhealth.com. That's Y-O-U-R, D-I-Y, like do-it-yourself, health, H-E-A-L-T-H, yourdiyhealth.com. There's all kinds of information on that site. All the products we're talking about are there. The Longevity Nutritional Supplements, the CTFO CBD oils, the Stem Enhance Ultra by Cerule, the Pulse Electromagnetic Therapy Unit by, uh, uh, well, I can't say who it's by, but uh, that uh, you can find it under the Trinity of Health, or excuse me, the uh, Circulation section of the Trinity of Health tab. And uh, let's see, did I mention the X39 Patch by LifeWave and the Coffee I Drink Gano XL Classic? as well as the latest in the lineup, the Healy. And you can find information on that right on the homepage, right below the COVID-19 stuff. You'll see a picture of an iPhone with a little uh, square device next to it. Um, and that's it. It's a little teeny electro uh, electronic device. It produces uh, electronic uh, frequencies and it is nothing short of amazing. We'll get into that in a few minutes. But uh, we encourage you to check out the site, uh, look around. If you have any questions, feel free to contact me through the Contact Me button at the top of the page. You can send an email or um, call and leave a message. We'll get back with you as quick as we possibly can and hopefully get you on the right track and get uh, your questions answered. But by all means, uh, enjoy the uh, website, look around, and have fun with it. Uh, and you also click on the Radio Shows tab, and at the top of the page, you'll see the link to our archive page set up through our castbox.fm. And uh, if you scroll down a little further, you'll see the information on our shows, uh, when they're on, how you listen, and all that kind of thing. And then down below that, you'll see the link to our Facebook page set up for the show, as well as the chat room. But the chat room is not being monitored for the next couple of weeks because I am on vacation. And while you're listening to this, I'll be out doing who knows what with my wife. It's Wednesday, September 23rd, 2020. And um, the beam me up thing is still going on. (laughs) There's a lot of craziness going on in this world, but um, you know you've got uh, AOC calling for people to riot in the streets and do all kinds of crazy stuff if the uh, president and the Senate go to uh, put a uh, fill the uh, seat in the Supreme Court vacated by uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg and. Uh, you know, it's just one thing after another, you know, and just when you thought everything was uh, 
you know, getting as crazy as it could. Guess what? <laughs> Old Ruthie Baby kicks off and starts up a whole new can of worms. I'm going to play you something I just came across that uh, it's a comparison between uh, the reaction of President Donald Trump when he first learns of uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg's death and uh, a nut job liberal. So here we go. Hold on just a second. I would like to play for you a couple of clips here of people finding out that Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away. And the first one here is uh, the president of the United States. He had a rally. There was music in the background. There's a bunch of reporters. He walks up to the reporters, as he always does, and he found out from a reporter live on camera that Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who had some not-so-nice things to say about him while she was alive, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg had passed away. And here is his reaction live as it happened. There's some Elton John music playing in the background because it's, like I said, at a rally, and they blare that stuff. And the reporter comes up and says... Just died. Wow. I didn't know that. I just, uh, you're telling me now for the first time. She led an amazing life. What else can you say? She was an amazing woman. Whether you agreed or not, she was an amazing woman who led an amazing life. I'm actually sad to hear that. I am sad to hear that. Thank you very much. Yeah. So there's the, and again the mute. By the way, how poignant is that music? It sounds like it sounds like we're about to go into some kind of like you know um, a documentary of the life and times of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. But that's the president gets off the plane. A reporter says to him, "Ruth Bader Ginsburg just died." There's basically telling him there's an opening on the Supreme Court five weeks before the election, and Donald Trump's first reaction is, "Wow, that's sad. I'm very sad. She led an amazing life. Whether you know what." Whether you agree with her or not, she was a great person. She led an amazing life. That's so sad. And then he says, thank you. Like, thank you, by the way, for letting me know that. I appreciate that. And he walks away. I have to tell you, what a monster that guy is, right? What an inhumane being that guy is. He finds out that one of his arch nemesis, one of the most liberal people to ever sit on the Supreme Court, passes away with just weeks left before the election, and he can now choose a super conservative justice to put on the Supreme Court in a time when it might be beneficial to him. And his first reaction isn't, woohoo, yes, best day ever. It was calm. It was concern. It was sadness. It was a very human reaction to the situation. Now, let's see how some of the Democrats react to the news because Democrats as we all know, react very differently. This is a woman who I, we presume is a Democrat. I'm not sure how her, she's listed on her you know, voter registration card or if she's even registered to vote, but she apparently was uh, a big fan of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Okay, let me actually, that's probably not necessarily 100% accurate. She was just not a big fan of President Donald Trump. So while she's driving in her car, she gets this text notification about the passing of the Supreme Court justice. And here is how this is a liberal reaction to the death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Holy f you guys! Okay, so 
That's not, that's not an act, by the way. That was an actual, real-life, left-wing reaction to the death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And while it's funny because she's cursing and angry and, you know, clearly upset and reacting in a negative way, I want you to listen to, I want you to listen to this part. This is the part that's clear. You just had to make it to 2021! Yeah. You just had to make it to 2021. Not, we're so sorry for your loss. Not, you were a great woman and a fantastic uh, leader and, and role model for young girls everywhere. Not, we appreciate the, the decades of, of work and service you put into this country. Not, your rulings will have affected a generation and it's such a great loss. No, the reaction of this woman is, you died Three months to, you just had to make it to 2021. You couldn't have held on that long. That is her own party reacting to her death. The president of the United States, who supposedly is this terrible, horrible monster, this egomaniacal, awful person, it shows, you know, shows remorse and sadness and, and, and humanity. And this woman, who's supposedly on the same, uh, same team as Ruth Bader Ginsburg, she loses a giant of the Democrat Party. And her first reaction is, F you. You, you were supposed to live to 2020. Oh, we, we don't care. Just stay till 2021. You died too soon. What's wrong with you? I mean, I tell you, which party, which party do you want in control of this country? Doesn't that sum things up, though, for you? I'll tell you what, uh, it's amazing just uh, the difference between a liberal and a conservative in something like this. Um, And the guy at the end asked the right question. Who do you want in charge of this country? And uh, that person is pretty much um, symbolic of the, the entire left at this point. They are absolutely crazy wingnuts who are off their bolt (laughs) but um, you know the thing is is you know everybody that um, you know is talking nice about Ruth Bader Ginsburg and all that stuff which is not uncommon when someone dies uh, and the first line of uh, this next article pretty much sums it up says nothing can enhance the right person's reputation like passing on Ruth Bader Ginsburg is no exception. The problem is, is she was an intellectual, dishonest enemy of the Constitution. And, you know, that's just the, the facts. 87-year-old Supreme Court Justice's death last Friday has been followed by elusive or effusive praise, even from conservatives and New York politicians intend to erect a statue in her honor. I wonder how long it'll take somebody to come along and tear that one down. She's most commonly lauded as a giant, often of the Supreme Court. The reality, however, is far different. Ginsburg was intellectually dishonest, as one commentator put it yesterday, expressed eugenicist sentiments, supported racial discrimination, and in general was a mortal enemy of the Constitution. Biographical news coverage Friday routinely mentioned how, after graduating from law school in 1959, Ginsburg found that the New York law firms were reluctant to hire women. Not mentioned was the fact that uh, she wouldn't have made it on the court, the Supreme Court, 
if she had not been a woman, because President Bill Clinton, who nominated her in 1993, was looking to increase the court's diversity, as defined by the left, and Ginsburg fit the bill as a Jewish female. Advancement by way of affirmative action is never a good start, and Ginsburg certainly lived down uh, to this beginning. She wasn't a, uh, just a living document justice, as one might expect, but actually stated that American judges should let international law help shape their thinking. And that's asinine. When I first heard her say that, it just blew me away. I said, she, you know, that's enough right now. She needs to be impeached. That's right. American citizens should be subject to court rulings influenced by law they had no part in creating. As Ginsburg put uh, put it into the put it to the American Constitution Society in 2003, judges are becoming more open to comp- comparative and international law perspectives. While you are the American Constitution Society, your perspective on constitutional law should encompass the world. She told the group of judges, lawyers, and students, reported WorldNetDaily.com, We are the losers if we do not both share our experiences and learn from others. As judges so often do, Ginsburg sought to justify her constitutional trespass with precedence, buttressing her theory by citing three cases. The Neared, uh, N-E-R-E-I-D-E case, which was uh, 13 U.S. 388 from 1815, the Paquette Habana case, 18 or 175 U.S. 677 of 1900, and the Martin v. Hunter's Lessee, 14 U.S. 304, 1816, reports uh, commentator Andrea Widberg. But as Widberg, who in the past sometimes had to read Ginsburg's opinions as part of her legal research, explains that justice was being intellectually dishonest. Widberg points out that, in a nutshell, the reason those cases spoke about international law was because they involved international problems. Consider the Neerty case, uh, for example. Widberg writes that uh, it arose when a Spanish citizen named Pinto sought to recover for goods seized from a British vessel during a battle in the War of 1812. Pinto claimed that because he was not actively engaged in battle, the law of nations entitled him to recover his goods or their value. Chief Justice John Marshall carefully analyzed the Constitution, laws, and treaties of the United States to see that if there's anything that specifically addressed the facts of the case involving third-party goods seized from an enemy vessel during the war. It was in that context that Marshall said that absent American authority for this international problem, Till such an act be passed, the court is bound by the law of nations, which is a part of the law of the land. Contrary to Ginsburg's typically dishonest implication, Marshall was not saying that for matters arising with America, the Supreme Court was free to look around for international authority it liked better. Ginsburg's position does uh, does violence to self-governance. Applying foreign law in a case involving a foreigner not, not under American jurisdiction and when no corresponding American law exists is one thing. That foreigner has no political representation in the United States anyway. But to make Americans subject to laws they had no part in creating and could do nothing to change while subordinating laws they did have a hand in creating 
to those foreign laws would mean we know we're no longer a government of, by, and for the people. It's a slap in the face. It's no surprise, however, that Ginsburg thought little of constitutional constraints. She never hid her dislike for our founding document. After all, just consider her remarks to the Muslim Brotherhood in Egypt when it was considering creating its own constitution in 2012. She said, I would not look to the U.S. Constitution. If I were drafting a constitution in the year of 2012, Ginsburg said in an interview on Al Hayat Television, Fox News reported at the time, I might look at the Constitution of South Africa. <laughs> that was a deliberate attempt to have a fundamental instrument of government that embraced basic human rights, have an independent judiciary. It really is, I think, a great piece of work that was done, according to Ginsburg. And again, I heard that one as well, and I couldn't believe it. Speaking of pieces of work, Ginsburg also supported racial discrimination, what some people call racial quotas and yet others euphemized uh, as uh, affirmative action. This was largely hidden during her 1993 confirmation hearings, however. Most shockingly, though, when, uh, was, was when the uh, judge justice expressed what some characterize as eugenicist sentiments. As the New York Times Magazine reported in 2009, yes, the ruling about that surprised me, stated Ginsburg, referring to Harris v. McRae in 1980, in which the court upheld the Hyde Amendment, which prohibits using Medicaid for abortion. Frankly, I had thought that at the, uh, at the time Roe was decided, there was concern about population growth, and particularly growth in populations that we don't want to have too many of, Ginsburg continued, emphasis added, so that Roe was going to be, uh, was going to be then set up for Medicaid funding for abortion. It's so bad that uh, I thought it had to be a fake when I first saw it, remarks pundit Monica Showalter. I had to look it up to confirm its authenticity. Who talks like that? Who talks like that in 2009? <laughs> who talks like that in 1973? Hapless souls today have been canceled for far less. But Ginsburg, she was a giant. Despite devoting her time on the bench to canceling the rule of law, as she trampled the supreme law of the land, the Constitution. Then again, Ginsburg certainly might have appeared a giant to the real source of her success, the woke Lilliputians who elevated her to prominence. And there you have it. You know, like I said, a life is a life. But she was no friend of the Constitution, of the American uh, experiment, so to speak, or anything else for that matter that has to do with America. And uh, another article, Supreme Court Defender of Partial Birth Abortion Dies. And I'm not going to read this whole thing, but yes, uh, Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who, who defended what she argued was a constitutional right to partial birth abortion, passed away on Friday night, 87 years old. In the, in the 2000 case of Stenberg versus Carhartt and the 2000 case of Gonzalez versus Carhartt, Ginsburg made clear her view that the U.S. Constitution protected a right to abortion. And uh, Roe v. Wade is the only case in U.S. Supreme Court history, except maybe some of the very, very first ones, obviously, that did not support any other or did not uh, use any other uh, so-called um, uh, 
decisions or opinions of the court to base their uh, decision on. Basically, they just grasp it out of clear nothingness from the 14th Amendment. And uh, it's the only case of that kind. So she basically says that the Constitution protected a right to abortion, as the court had ruled in the 73 case of Roe v. Wade and the 1992 case of Planned Parenthood v. Casey, and that this right extended to the practice of partial birth abortion. Jeez. The 2000 case of Stenberg v. Carhart focused on a Nebraska state law that outlawed birth, partial birth abortions. At the time, there was also 29 other states that banned partial birth abortions. The court ruled 5-4 to four that Stenberg, uh, in Stenberg that Nebraska's partial birth abortion law was unconstitutional. The five-justice majority included uh, Stephen Breyer, Paul Stevens, Sandra Day O'Connor, David Souter, and Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Chief Justice William Rehnquist dissented, as did Justices Antonin Scalia, Anthony Kennedy, and Clarence Thomas. In his dissenting opinion in Stenberg, Justice Thomas described the partial birth abortion procedure which his court's majority declared a constitutional right. Justice wrote, uh, Thomas wrote, Although there are variations, it is generally performed as follows. After dilating the cervix, the physician will grab the fetus by its feet and pull the fetal body out of the uterus into the vaginal cavity. At this stage of development, the head is the largest part of the body. Assuming the physician has performed the dilation procedure correctly, the head will be held inside the uterus by the woman's cervix. While the fetus is stuck in this position, dangling partially out of the woman's body, with just a few inches from a completed birth, the physician uses an instrument such as a pair of scissors to tear or perforate the skull. The physician will then either crush the skull or will use a vacuum to remove, remove the brain and other intracranial contents from the fetal skull, collapse the fetus's head, and pull the fetus from the uterus. In her own opinion, concurring with the court's decision to throw out the Nebraska law banning partial birth abortion, Justice Ginsburg cited Planned Parenthood v. Casey and said that the partial birth abortion ban violates the Constitution. Show me anything in the Constitution that even comes close to that. A state regulation that has the purpose of or effect of placing a substantial obstacle in the path of a woman seeking an abortion of a non-viable fetus violates the Constitution. A non-viable fetus. That's a dead fetus. And this one wasn't dead until they killed it. <laughs> Good grief. Anyway... I'm not going to go on any further, but um, the article, if you want to read the whole thing, is on uh, uh, Natural News. But um, all I can say is I'm looking forward to having a conservative justice replace her. And uh, I saw tonight on, I think Fox News had a picture of some of these Democrat goofballs had a picture of Ruth Bader Ginsburg with her little supposed fat in the last statement that her uh, undying wish or her dying wish was that uh, she would not be replaced until there's a new president. And again, that shows how much she knows about the Constitution because the Constitution clearly states when there's a vacancy, the president makes an appointment or a recommendation 
and the Congress and the uh, Senate approves or declines. And it's a common precedent that when you have a president and a uh, Senate of the same political party, things go forward right away. And even though the liberal Democrats are wringing their hands and having a hissy fit, you can bet that if Hillary Clinton had won the last election and um, Harry Reid was still in charge of the Senate, they would be rushing full steam to get this appointment made before the election. So if if the shoe was on the other foot, you can bet that they would be going without any question as fast as they possibly could. Because their goal is to stack the Supreme Court with as many liberals as possible because they know that's the only way that they can get what their agenda is get done. Because there's no way they can, they can pass that crap through Congress and get it signed into law. So they use activist judges like Ginsburg and all the others on there to basically do what they can't do legislatively. And hopefully this will start to come to an end. You know, I just hope that he gets a good constitutionalist this time. Uh, it's sad, you know, that he makes an announcement that it's going to be a woman. You know, if she's the best person for the job, that's great. But, you know, I hate to see, and I hope this isn't the case, that he's doing the same thing the Democrats do, where they, you know, a woman died, so they have to put her, <coughs> excuse me, a new <coughs> woman in there. Wish I had brought my cough button with me, but uh, I didn't. So anyway, we'll see how it pans out. Everybody thinks that it's going to be, um, oh, no, I, I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but um, I have another person who's an inside attorney in the government who seems to think it's going to be a Hispanic female, and... Um, who knows? We'll have to wait and see. But uh, whoever it is, we're going to hear on Saturday at 5 o'clock. And uh, then, as like I said, the weeping, wailing, and gnashing of teeth will begin again. <laughs> you can count on it. So uh, it's interesting. But um, I've been seeing so much stuff going on right now that just is just going to make the next several months just absolutely nuts. But we'll, it'll, we'll see what happens. Now I've got to turn around here a little bit. Um, I did want to mention uh, a little bit more about the Healy uh, that we talked about, you know, that I mentioned on the website. Um, the device is absolutely nothing short of amazing. It's a little tiny thing that basically is electronic. Uh, you can clip it to your clothes. Um, you have the option of using... Um, little electrodes you know there are two wires that connect to the device and they come down and normally will connect to um, your wrists and you have little uh, like velcro straps that are conductive that go around your wrist and then these uh, connectors snap to that and you can do very specific uh, I don't want to say treatments but sessions I guess you could say of um, different types of uh, electrical uh, stimulus and then there are also things where you basically uh, can set up an account for a person an animal a plant there's all kinds of things it's really interesting it's tesla-like technology that um, basically works through the air 
And it works on people anywhere in the world. Believe it or not, when I first found out about this thing, I had a guy in California who was giving me sessions uh, from his house and you know, basically through the air. I gave him certain information and somehow or another, when he turned that thing on, it affected me. Um, I was, my sleep improved dramatically, uh, my joints improved, all kinds of things. And since I've received mine, I've been playing around with it, doing it the same kind of way. I've only done the thing with the wires and the uh, electrodes uh, once. And uh, that worked as well. But um, most of the time, I use it at nighttime, and I just sit the thing on the nightstand next to me, and I set it up for the first couple hours. I just let it run the sleep program. And my sleep has just been phenomenal, especially... Like I mentioned yesterday, um, when I travel, it's not uncommon that the first night or two I don't sleep very well. Just being in a new location, a new bed, and I, a lot of people experience that same kind of thing. But uh, since I've been using this thing, uh, the very first night I was sleeping like a baby. And um, uh, using another program for joints and connective tissue that uh, basically my knee, my right knee had gotten to the point for some reason, I think just basically for lack of use, I, I, I sit too much. That's my biggest problem. Um, and because of it, the muscles have atrophied. And, uh, you know, in, in the past when I was sleeping, I'd get up in the morning and my knee would not work. I couldn't put a lot of weight on it. It was hard to walk with and that kind of thing. And um, when, I, when I started using this thing, boom, <laughs> I get up and I could walk with just fine. It was amazing. And it's continued on. So, uh, you know, we'll see how it keeps going. But I encourage people to check it out. Uh, the information, the there's a link on my website, uh, the homepage, Your DIY Health. Scroll down past all the COVID-19 stuff, and you'll see the picture of the iPhone with the Healy next to it. Click that image, and it'll take you right to the Healy page where you can learn more Um and you can also, like I said, go to YouTube, uh, do a search for uh, Healy uh, Electrical Resonance or something like that. Uh, and you'll see all kinds of testimonies and things of people. I've, I've been meaning to set up a testimony page to put on my website that you can click to, but I just haven't had a chance to do that yet. Uh, hopefully when I get back from vacation, I'll have time. But we'll see. Anyway, I apologize for the ons, but I'm doing this. It's a quarter after 12 midnight, uh, and this show will air um, today at 1 p.m. Eastern. So I, I do these things at night after my wife has gone to bed, and uh, it's taken its toll on me as well because I, <laughs> I don't get a lot of extra sleep that way because she's an early riser, and I have to get up when she does for the most part. Again, I apologize for, for not having my cough button. I didn't think to bring the thing with me, and I should have. But uh, anyway, um, let's look at some of the other stuff that's going on. There, uh, you know, the uh, Wuhan scientist is saying that the bioweapon, uh, biowarfare, the Chinese communists intentionally unleashed the Frankenstein COVID-19. And who knows? Maybe they did, maybe they didn't. But they didn't stop it from going anywhere, that's for sure. 
Let's see. Seditious AOC tells Americans to take to the streets, radicalize the, and fight as Trump and the GOP Senate consider Ginsburg's successor. You know, that's the insanity. You know, if, if like I said, if the shoe was on the other foot, AOC would be screaming up and down that we need to get this appointment made as soon as possible. And because they don't get a chance to really have a say in it, and they're having a hissy fit because they're losing a very important seat on the Supreme Court, um, they're freaking out. And Kamala Harris told supporters to post bail for child rapist. That woman is an absolute nut job. And again, it just makes me so mad that nobody is questioning the fact that she's not qualified to be vice president, let alone president. She's not a natural-born citizen that should stop right there. And hopefully there will be people filing uh, ballot challenges in the states to keep that ticket off the ballot, or at least keep her off of it. But who knows? We'll see what happens with that. Now, let's might as well get to some of the health things, since this is truly a health show. Although, um, the Ginsburg stuff has a lot to do with health, because, you know, the cases that her successor is going to rule on could very well, you know, mean the difference between millions of babies living and dying, for one thing. And who knows what else will come along. But this one, injured uh, young man injured by Gardasil files lawsuit against Merck as cases pile up. And <clears throat> I haven't had a chance to go through this whole thing, so I find it interesting because um, I can't remember whether or not Gardasil has been put on the CDC's recommended list of child vaccines yet. It must not have been. <coughs> um, <clears throat> anyway, let's see. A lawsuit filed last week against pharma pharmaceutical firm Merck on behalf of a young man who was injured by their HPV vaccine Gardasil. Uh, the suit was filed by Baum, Headland, Aristi, and Goldman. Seeks punitive damages for their negligence along with liability for failure to warn and uh, a manufacturing defect, common law fraud, breach of warranty, and other charges. The young man at the center of the suit is Zachariah Otto who was 16 when he, reserved his, when he received his first dose of the dangerous vaccine. He claims the vaccine was ca has caused life-changing injuries such as autoimmune disease, mast cell activation syndrome, small fiber neuropathy, orthostatic intolerance, dysautomia, and whatever that is. I have never heard of that. Dysautonomia and chronic fatigue syndrome. He also says it caused the autoimmune disease uh, postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome, or POTS, which impacts critical body functions and causes symptoms such as fainting, anxiety, and migraines. Otto is now so disabled that he cannot attend college in person or work. He is considered legally disabled and suffers from a slew of health problems. Needless to say, he cannot engage in the activities normal teenagers enjoy, and his mother is serving as his primary caregiver while nurses visit his home to give him IV therapy to help him with his autoimmune injuries. According to his mother, the intense marketing campaign carried out by Merck encouraged her son to get Gardasil. Had they known about the serious risks, they would not have gotten the shots. 
Otto's uh, co-counsel, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. of Children's Health Defense, stated Merck fast-tracked Gardasil by presenting misleading data to the FDA and fabricating a health crisis. They claimed they were filling an unmet medical need, but in reality, the only thing Merck was interested in filling was the $6 billion financial hole created by the Vioxx scandal. (laughs) Imagine that. And Vioxx killed somewhere between 50,000 and upwards. It was a painkiller, mostly for arthritis. Dorothy Hamill used to uh, advertise it, if I remember right. And uh, it killed you know, many, many, many people, and the uh, FDA never took it off the market. It finally was pulled by Merck because they couldn't afford the lawsuits anymore. And the list of Gardasil victims grow, continues to grow. Other Gardasil victims have similar stories. A 25-year-old former athlete, Jennifer Roby, is now confined to a wheelchair after getting the shot. She got the first one when she was 16, like Otto. She was also diagnosed with POTS, or P-O-T-S, as a result. Her attorneys say that the adjuvant in the vaccine, amorphous aluminum hydroph- uh, hydroxyphosphate sulfate, wow, that's a big and say that three times fast, is behind the problem because it can overstimulate people's immune systems to the point where they start attacking their own organs. Another victim, Colton Barrett, got his first shot at age 13 before leaving for a Boy Scout camp on the advice of a doctor in 2014. Just two weeks after getting his third dose, his arms and hands became paralyzed. The paralysis eventually spread to leave him completely paralyzed from the neck down and dependent on a ventilator. In 2018, he uh, removed himself from his ventilator. Gardasil is often thought of as being uh, for girls, given that it's the stated purpose is preventing cervical cancer. However, Otto's attorneys claim Merck has been making billions by marketing the shot to the parents of young men and boys. You know, why not? You know, if you're only giving it to girls, you're missing a, you know, you could double your, uh, your income just by marketing it to everybody. Claiming that it is safe and effective despite neither, being neither. Moreover, they allege the company knew about the potential for serious health problems. In a press release, Otto said, My life is a constant battle between attempting to improve my life and being held back by my, body, my own body's limitations. Gardasil has turned my body into a prison, an anchor that won't afford me the ability to live in an in a independent life and one that significantly uh, restricts my ability to grow as a person. A lot of parents fail to realize that Merck has never proven Gardasil uh, can prevent cervical cancer or any other type of cancer. In clinical trials, they did not use a true placebo to help mask dangerous side effects. Unfortunately, many big pharma firms use this and similar tactics to make dangerous products appear safe and rake in profits at the expense of public health. And uh, just as an aside, the um, recent vaccines revealed um, series that uh, I was talking about, I think yesterday, maybe on Sunday, I can't remember, Monday, I can't remember, but um, it had a special 10th um, episode that was uh, three hours long, and it was majorly don- uh, 
dealt around the Gardasil and HPV vaccines. And um, I haven't had a chance to watch the whole thing, but what I've seen is just amazing. You know, the fact, you know, I sit there and I watch these commercials on TV during prime time, and it they basically pull on the heartstrings of the parents. They make the parents feel like they're guilty or uh, bad parents if they don't get their children vaccinated with these toxic things. This and the, uh, the pneumococcal pneumonia vaccines, I think, is another one and the meningococcal, uh, the menin- uh, meningitis vaccines, even more. And uh, not too long ago, I had uh, a couple, the Golds, uh, on whose daughter, Haley, uh, got a, uh, I think it was the pneumococcal or meningococcal vaccine, I can't remember which one, uh, when she turned 18, when she was getting ready to go off to, the, go off to college, and it just messed her up something fierce. And within two, I think, two years of getting the shot, she was dead. Um, Just a terrible situation. And these pharmaceutical companies that market these things, they have no soul. They have no conscience, apparently. Um, And what we need to start doing, we need legislation that will hold the individual principles of these companies uh, personally responsible. And we need to start locking people up. Because, you know, when you dig into it, they have to know that these things are dangerous, if not deadly. And they're putting it out there just to make the almighty dollar. And they think they can skate because they've got a a wrath of um, uh, lawyers ready to defend them with, you know, every time. And thank goodness, I think this these cases are going forward with the HPV vaccines because they're not on the uh, childhood vaccine schedule yet. But you can bet that Merck and the other companies that make these things are lobbying big time with the CDC to get them to put these things on there so they can shut down the lawsuits that are coming over as a result. So, you know, it's, it'll be interesting to see how this pans out. Hopefully these things will be successful because these people need to have some justice. That's all there is to it. So let's see here. Ah, here you go. Another health-related thing, so to speak. Black Lives Matter supporter shoots dead three innocent people at a bar in Louisville. Black Lives Matter supporter wearing a Justice for Breonna Taylor shirt shot and killed three people at a bar in Louisville, Kentucky on the evening of Friday, September 18th. Bet you didn't hear that on your mainstream media, did you? The alleged shooter was Mike Lee Rines, a 33-year-old African-American man who was arrested by Louisville police several hours later after the shooting uh, incident. Witnesses accounts or witness accounts uh, from the event describe Rines or Rines as wearing a T-shirt that said "Justice for Breonna Taylor." A Louisville EMT held up. Uh, by the Black Lives Matter movement as a victim of so-called police brutality. Taylor was shot during an operation to apprehend her boyfriend, a known drug dealer. You know, if an EMT is shacking up with a drug dealer, shame on him. I don't know what all happened. I haven't seen the facts of the case, but, um, you know, 
I can imagine it's probably not as bad as these people are making it out to be. I've heard some off-the-wall things about this uh, Breonna Taylor and that she was not quite the uh, uh, angel that they're making her out to be. Nevertheless, nobody had ever seen this guy before, said Joe Bishop, the owner of Bungalow's, uh, Bungalow Joe's Bar and Grill, where the shooting took place. I didn't think I'd be scrubbing blood off my patio on Saturday morning. I thought I was getting ready for everybody to watch the ball game. At around 11.15 p.m. on Friday, Bishop received a call at home from one of his managers saying that a shooting just occurred at his bar. When he arrived at Bungalow Joe's, he was informed that one of the victims was rushed to the hospital while two others were lying dead on their patio. According to Bishop and other eyewitnesses, it was a normal Friday night at the bar when Ryan just suddenly walked into the bar and shot three customers, all men at point-blank range. None of the men exchanged any words before the shooting occurred. It was a totally random act, said Bishop. Why? Why? I mean, I could, I could, have un- I could understand if there was an altercation, but why? You know, it's crazy. And there's a related story, Black Lives Matter now operating as the new mafia shaking down Louisville businesses and demanding racial hiring quotas. (laughs) Despite being in the red state of Kentucky, Louisville has long been a stronghold of the Democratic Party. It has not had a Republican mayor or a Republican majority city council for decades. Listen to, well, I'm not going to play this, but there is a uh, little video by Mike Adams talking about it, but we're going to move along here. The Louisville Metro Police Department arrived at the bar around 11.30. Now, this is interesting. The shooting occurred, you know, when the owner of the bar was called at 11.15, and he was told that there was a shooting that just took place, which was probably around between 11.05, 11.10, probably. And it took till 11.30 for the police to get there. That is... <laughs> That's unbelievable. Uh, but, you know, they've probably been reducing their costs and, you know, cutting back too. Who knows? Jefferson County Coroner's Office pronounced two of the victims, uh, Torian Germain Hudson, 26, and William Scott Smallwood, 48, dead at the scene. The third, Stephen Matthew Head, 24, died from his injuries at nearby University Hospital. Hudson was an African-American. That's how goofy these people are. They claim to be talking about Black Lives Matter, but they come in and they shoot a black man. (laughs) There's absolutely no rhyme or reason to any of this crap. Both Head and Smallwood were white. Rines was arrested several hours later. uh, Metro police found him hiding in a bush near the bar. Police said Ryan's clothing and appearance matched what they saw in the bar's security cameras. He was also carrying a handgun loading with several rounds that matched the shell casings found at the scene. Photographs taken of his arrest show him smiling as he was being led away to the patrol car. Ryan's social media account contains posts expressing approval over causes supported by domestic terrorist organization Black Lives Matter such as kneeling during the national anthem at NFL games. Ryan's is being charged with three counts of murder. His first court date is on Monday, 20, September 21st, or yesterday, and his bond was set at $2 million. His court-appointed counsel tried to get the bond lowered, 
citing his clean criminal record until now. <laughs> but the district court judge, thank goodness, Tanisha Hickerson, argued against it. I understand that he doesn't have much of a criminal history. However, the allegations he's facing now are significant, and they cause this, the court many concerns for his release. Therefore, the bond will remain the same, finding him both a danger to the community and a flight risk while these charges are pending. His shooting, along with uh, many other uh, Louisville, excuse me, this shooting, along with many others Louisville has experienced this year, is helping the city break its all-time yearly homicide record. Metro Police have responded to 121 homicides since September 19th. Wait a minute. That doesn't sound right. 121 homicides since September 19th? Four days ago? I think that's got to be a typo. Maybe it's September 2019 or something like that. But who knows? Including one uh, other shooting that occurred over the weekend that killed another black man. Yeah, that's got to be a typo. According to Metro Police uh, Lieutenant Donnie Burbrink, the problem lies with the community as he alleges that the police are not getting any kind of support from local civic groups and other Louisville government agencies. Imagine that. Until we can develop something across the board to work with other entities outside the police department, I don't know how we take care of this problem. Support for victims pours in thanks to compassionate community members. Now, that's a good thing. Bishop, the bar owner, immediately created a GoFundMe page to help cover the funeral expenses of the three victims. The initial goal was to raise $30,000, but as of the writing, uh, this writing, uh, this fundraiser has received $45,753 from over 400 different donors. Community also came together to pay their respects. Many people left flowers and balloons outside Bungalow Joe's on Saturday. Smallwood, one of the victims, was very well liked by the staff at Bungalow Joe's and was also the fiancé of one of his managers. Bishop says Smallwood didn't have an enemy in the world and that he was a regular at the bar. Every time he came up here, he was there was a good chance Scott was going to be there. The sign above the door at Bungalow Joe's uh, reads, Family, Family Grill and Pub. Uh, Bishop says this perfectly describes his store. They're my family, he said. My customers, my employees, they're just all my family. And when they hurt, I hurt. So, domestic terrorists, terrorism perpetrated by the radical left in the country is getting worse. Read the latest articles regarding their attacks by going to AntifaWatch.news. So, yet more and more craziness. And uh, DOJ reportedly considering bringing charges against Portland officials for not protecting citizens. Anthony Fauci, Bill Gates, both have ties to COVID-19 vaccine Moderna, or manufacturer. Yeah. Like I said, um, Fauci and Gates were roommates in college. And let's see what kind of time we're looking at here. We've got about eight minutes left. On the 19th anniversary of the the 9-11 attacks, USA Today published a fake news article claiming that Anthony Fauci, Bill Gates, Jeffrey Epstein, and George Soros all have zero ties to Wuhan coronavirus COVID-19 vaccine manufacturer Moderna. A flat-out lie. As it turns out, both Fauci and Gates have definitive ties to Moderna. 
though a circulating video about their ties does contain false information. Fauci was never a CEO at Moderna, and Fauci and Gates were never college roommates. Okay, I stand corrected. You know, that's the thing. You see stuff, and you can't always believe what you see on the Internet. Um, but both villains have financial ties to Moderna, a fact that USA Today intentionally ignored. Interestingly, USA Today can contradicted its own headline, Fact Check, Fauci, Gates, Epstein, and Soros have no ties to drug company Moderna by admitting uh, in the body of the article that Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation is listed as one of Moderna's collaborators. Fauci, who heads up the National Institute for Allergy and Infectious Diseases, or NIAID, is like, and likewise connected to Moderna as the co-reviewer of a vaccine platform that the company is working to improve. We also confirmed that. Uh, the 2019 shareholder letter that admitted this also revealed USA Today conveniently ignored this part, too, in its partnerships section that Bill and Melinda Gates contributed to the $187 million in funding that was granted to Moderna to develop new drugs, which now includes new vaccines for the Wuhan coronavirus COVID-19. That both Fauci and Gates have close ties to Moderna is no secret, writes Jeremy R. Hammond on his blog. Having encountered the headline in this news feed, I, was, uh, I knew it was false and uh, so did a quick Google search to document its falsity. It took about 10 seconds to fact check USA Today's fact check. Hammond goes on to explain that uh, he was easily able to pull up information on Google showing that Fauci's NIAID uh, which is overseen by the National Institutes of Health, is funding a trial of Moderna's Wuhan coronavirus COVID-19 vaccine, which is slated to be a part of President Trump's Operation Warp Speed mass vaccination program. Fauci behind funding and development of Moderna's uh, COVID-19 vaccine. Not only are Fauci and his agency funding the development of Moderna's Wuhan coronavirus vaccine, but they are also behind its development. NIAID scientists and their collaborators, it turns out, are directly responsible for the creation of the Moderna jab, its current clinical trials being an important step in the eventual release of a safe and effective vaccine to prevent infection with SARS-CoV-2, according to Fauci. Yeah, right. Similarly, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation has long been a strategic collaborator with the project, as it... Uh, entered the Global Health Pro Project Framework Agreement with Fauci and the NIAID back in 2016. The stated purpose of this partnership was to was uh, formed a full four years before the Wuhan coronavirus came into existence, uh, was to advance mRNA-based development projects for various infectious diseases, mRNA being the precise technology that Moderna is using to de develop the Wuhan coronavirus vaccine. In other words, the whole thing was a plan well in advance, hence we, why we routinely referred to this as a plandemic rather than a pandemic. As to be expected, USA Today's Chelsea Cox, who authored the aforementioned fake news article attempting to vindicate Fauci and Gates of all ties to Moderna, is doubling down on her article's lies. 
She reportedly told Hammond that her headline reflects the analysis of the claim subject to fact-checking, meaning that we uh, that it will not be changed or retracted. The spread of misinformation on this uh, serious problem is in our society today, Hammond concludes, uh, the reality is that the greatest purveyors of misinformation are the government and mainstream media. You can find more news and stories like this by checking out pandemic.news. So, we've got about, uh, you know, maybe three minutes left here. But there's so much going on in this country right now. And again, um, you know, I've been in places today. I went to uh, stop, you know, we were looking around for a place to have dinner. And we stopped at a place that's actually uh, owned by the timeshare that we stay at. And we went in, and of course, this girl comes running up and says, Hi, how you doing? Do you have masks? Because <laughs> neither of us were wearing them. We had my little uh, homemade uh, uh, medical exemption tags on our shirts. And we said, Nope, don't have masks. And we said, We're going to sit outside. And it's, Oh, well, that's okay. You know, we'll have somebody out here to take your temperatures, and you need to have masks too. I said, See you later. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Oh, we're protecting ourselves, too. And I, I can't believe how stupid people are. And I about said, you know, you don't have to worry about the uh, coronavirus. The stupid virus is the one that's got you. And these people are just absolutely brain-dead and spoon-fed. I saw something here. I uh, wish I could put my finger on it real quick. But it was a thing saying that... Um, Several years ago, the KGB uh, in Russia did a study that basically said if you, if you bombard people with, um, you know, basically disinformation and fear factor stuff for, you know, a minimum of two months, usually within that time frame, the vast majority of people will have swallowed it hook, line, and sinker. And regardless of how much correct information you provide them, they will not be able to change their mind and accept it. And that has proven true with what we're seeing in this country today. You know, I, I still I see people walking all over the place outside with face diapers on. And, uh, you know, for no apparent reason. You know, there's, people aren't dropping dead left and right. There's only been about 10,000 people die nationwide from this thing, so it doesn't even come close to the seasonal flu. Uh, for the vast majority of the public, it's nothing. A nothing burger, like Sherry Tenpenny said last night. And people, you know, somehow or another, we got to try and educate people to that regard. But, you know, the best way to do it is just to not wear masks and not comply with this stuff and see what happens. But anyway, that's it for today's show. I appreciate you being here listening. I hope uh, it was helpful. Uh, stand by. We'll be back tomorrow. But until then, take care of your bodies because it's the only place you have to live. We'll see you soon. Take care and God bless. <laughs>